Welcome to the Make Meaning Podcast. I'm Lynn Galadner, a writer, entrepreneur, and changemaker, and I've dedicated my life to sharing stories of how people make meaning in their work and find purpose in their lives. This podcast highlights some of the great ideas and activities people do every day to make the world a better place. So much of the meaning we find comes from interacting with great people, developing relationships that are mutually beneficial, and doing work that inspires. I hope you'll be inspired by the people you meet on this podcast. We all need to find a way to make meaning in the mundane. When I turned 40, I set out to do 40 things that make the world better in the year that I was 40. I made lists of causes and organizations that were meaningful to me. I sought to donate money, time, and talent, and I did some pro bono PR campaigns. I wrote checks, and then I offered my time to help organizations. It was a great year, and I learned a lot and built great connections and relationships. But the interesting thing was that when I offered to volunteer, some organizations didn't know what to do with me. I was shocked. I figured if someone is available, willing, and able, an organization could put them to work, but not all can. Today on the Make Meaning Podcast, I'm talking with my colleague, Kirsten Karub, about volunteering. Welcome to the show, Kirsten. Thank you, Lynn. It's fun to be here. It's a new year and a time when people make resolutions to do better, give more, and help the world around them. A great time to talk about volunteering and why it's so important. I invited Kirsten into the conversation because she has spent nearly two decades, probably longer, actually. Yeah. Nearly, (laughs) I think I'm a natural born volunteer. (laughs) Yeah. So you're devoted to volunteering. And it was really sort of what you did as you were raising your daughters too, right? Right. Do you want me to start going on that now? You know, (laughs) yeah. I think we should start with your story and how you got into volunteering and how it's sort of been like a common thread throughout your life. Yeah. So um, as... As a kid, I should say this, too, I was a preacher's kid, and so, you know, there's always a lot of um, in-church service, so you're just used to kind of being in service, doing work like that, but then... um, When I look back when we were preparing for this episode and I thought about the volunteering, well, I started even in middle school with Key Club, if you know, like student organizations. And so doing things like um, working for Special Olympics and we would volunteer to ring the bell for the Salvation Army and, you know, do those kinds of things all through school. Uh In college, we had student volunteer bureaus. So the same thing. Our sorority was, you know, always out doing service and helping people. Um, And then when I got my first job out of college, I was in marketing, so I was the community outreach representative. Uh And even before that, I was still looking for a job, so I thought, well, I'll volunteer at the local hospital. So they're just different things that came up along my through my life, but I didn't really think about it as a, an organized intended thing to do. Yeah. It was, here's a need, I have a skill, or this is just something we do to help, you know, we help others. Yeah. Um, so then I kind of had continued doing this kind of service work through church. There was always something or some kind of community project that I could donate or volunteer time for or skills for. Um, and then You know, when I was working for Kellogg's in brand management, that took up a lot of time, you know, and then, of course, came the time for family. And I thought, well, this is the point where I need to kind of reevaluate what my ongoing purpose 
yeah. is going to be. Sure. Am I going to continue this path with career? But yet at the same time, I have a family that I'm starting and where do I want to be with that? And looking back on, you know, when I look back on my life from my deathbed, what what impact will I have wanted to make? Right. And so it was at that point where I said, um, I think there is more than just selling one more waffle. (laughs) (laughs) And I will find what I'm meant to do. So now I'm going to leave this. And But it was really important to me at that time because I'd gone to school. Sure. I'd gotten my MBA. You know, I'd worked toward building this kind of life and these skills that those didn't just languish. Right, Right. And that I was still a person, even though I was a mom. And I said to my husband, I'm going to need outlets. I'm going to need to give and give back and do because this is who I am. Sure. And so for the entire time that my kids, you know, I was home with my kids, I was basically having another part-time job as a volunteer. Sure. Doing things that were either in need or, you know, that there was a need or that I felt to do, you know, for my my own self. Yeah. And it's interesting because um, it's so needed. And when you have those skills and talents and training, um, whether it's for a paycheck or to help a meaningful organization that really needs you, those skills are still needed. Right. And so, um, but it's, it's an interesting point that you bring up because when you have a full-time career and you have a family there's only so much time in the day. And right. so it's understandable if some people can't find the time to volunteer when they're juggling those things because right. you can only stretch yourself so thin. Right. Um, but then, you know, I think our expectation in society is like, well, we have to have these big, important careers. Um, but it's really important to bring what you have to offer to a place that needs it. And that need question, I think, um, doesn't always come to the forefront. You know? Right, right. So it's interesting. I have a bunch of stats that I put together here, as you know. And um, it was surprising to me that only 55% of nonprofits make use of volunteers. Does that mean they consciously employ volunteers or that they have them but don't use them to the fullest? I don't know. Because as we know in the work that we do with your people – we work with some nonprofits who um, want to use volunteers but aren't sure where to put them. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to have a call for volunteers because they don't want somebody to step up and then have to tell them to wait. Um, and I know with my experience, when I was in my 40th year, which was now quite a while ago, um, I wanted to volunteer in some places to like be with people and help them because I believed so much in the mission that I felt my skills could balance what they needed. And they didn't know how to process somebody who was willing to show up and give hours. Um, So maybe that's what I read that stat to mean, Mm -hmm. that, you know, maybe they just don't have them or they don't know how to use them when they come up. Right. And it was interesting because I wrote down a quote here from Aristotle um, that he said that the essence of life is to serve others and do good. And um, I think that's really interesting. And I don't know if if all of us are raised with that message. and I think it would be such a different world if we were, mm-hmm. you know, you had the benefit of growing up with that as like a part of your family mission. Right. Right. Yeah. That was the, that was the thing. Love your neighbor, yep. you know, do unto others as you would do. Yep. And then I always throw in an extra one, which is here I am, because it's always been as, you know, I've kind of tried to search for my purpose. It's always been my thought that I'm here on earth for a reason. Yes. I was put here with certain abilities different from somebody next to me for a reason. Right. So where can those abilities best be put to use to make a positive impact, make the world better? Because 
You know, how can I yeah. use my 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 powers for good? It's kind of the way <laughs> and not we for talk evil. about it. <laughs> right, yeah. right. So that's kind of the, you know, the I guess the driving thought yeah. behind that. But um yeah, and and I know that people are looking for that even in their employment. Sure. That it's not just that you can only volunteer to do that. But um at that point, you know, not being employed, I thought this is a way to use those skills and yeah. and do something positive with them too. Well, I did all kinds of research about the benefits of volunteering and different stats and stuff. And so it was really cool to find out that um whereas this one that volunteering improves health, strengthens your body, improves your mood, and eases stress. Um and that and then those who volunteer regularly have a 27% better chance of gaining employment. And that makes perfect sense to me because if you're using your talents and skills in some capacity, you have a proven track record of being able to do that. Right. And so why wouldn't a potential employer, it doesn't matter if you had a paycheck for that skill or you just volunteered your time, um, it's still your talent and you still can show the outcome of that. Right. And that helped you, right? Oh, it totally did. Yeah, because, you know, I took a hiatus, I guess we'll call it that. For, <laughs> and it was a long one. It was about, you know, 18 years. It was the life of my old this child just about. Uh -huh. And in that time, when I look back at the track record, I was always doing some kind of marketing, some kind of communications, working with people, being on a team for sure. Um, and m much of the volunteering I did was with small grassroots. Okay. So those organizations relied on volunteers heavily. Some of them, that's the only staff except for an executive director. Wow. And so it was, how do you manage volunteers? How do you staff? How do you, especially when volunteers are in and out? Yeah. And not always, you know, um, the reliable isn't the word, but they aren't always regular. Right. So who do we have this month? Who, who do we need? You know, right. how can we get more and sign up and always looking at people to say, hey, you have this skill. Would you be interested? Um, so that's, you know, kind of a really important important point too is the skill matching. So not only do you right. do you build skills and prepare yourself for employment, but it's also that the um, the nonprofit or the organization looks for skills that they need. Yeah. Because sometimes they just do general calls. Sure. And so it's a matter of using bodies. Yeah. But the volunteer themselves, in order to feel satisfied and have retention and have them coming back and feeling like they're contributing in the way that they can best contribute, right. you want to also be able to match skills that make sense. Right. So, and it may be that, you know, the nonprofits who have volunteers they don't know what to do with, it might not be necessarily a good match of skills, too. Right. And so maybe it's another organization that can make use of that person and that time. Right. So I'd love to hear about some of your volunteer um, escapades and some of your favorite <laughs> projects that you worked on. So what were some of the things you've done? Oh, we don't have enough time, honestly. <laughs> I mean, when we talk about um, preparing for, for work, that was one thing I did want to say. I, I talked to different people, got some mentoring, you know, got just to assess, these are the skills I've learned, how marketable, how valuable, is it still something that's current? Because that's one thing is you need to keep current. Yeah. And the overwhelmingly, yes, because you work with a team, you're flexible, you're versatile. And I don't sure. mean me, I mean, just anyone in general volunteering. Yeah, yeah. You're versatile and, you know, learns learn a lot of different things. Um, I think back to some of the things I volunteered on, and there's different reasons for it mm -hmm. and um, being. First of all, there was some kind of need. Okay. Maybe it was um, I was in the right place at the right time. They said, hey, we need a person who can do this. Sure. 
or it was a larger need, like a social injustice need. Okay. So one of the um, organizations that I currently work on is it's, and it's been 10 years. Wow. Is called Nash, uh, Justice for Our Neighbors. Okay. And it's a national organization. Um, they have s- sites statewide, you know, okay. in all the state, in many different states. Okay. And the idea is um, it's free immigration legal services to those in need. Nice. So I coordinate a clinic every month at our church, okay. and they use churches, which makes sense because there's no overhead. Right. But on top of that, it's also a sanctuary place. Yes, yes. So if anything, you know, that's not the driving reason, but that's a big reason, too, is that it's of a course. safe place. Yeah. So um, that was a social injustice, you know, community need that came to me. And people said, hey, would you serve on this board? And at the time, I wasn't, you know, really educated. I wasn't really well informed on immigration. I knew it was an issue. Yeah. And I live in a community that has a very large population. And, you know, we're also located near southwest Detroit, which is another large Hispanic population. So we're in an international area. Yeah. And um, the more I got involved, the more I learned about it. Right. And so I think that's another thing with volunteering is that, yeah, it gives you a great skill set. But even more importantly, you're making an impact in the world that's helping and strengthening your own community. Yeah. So you make connections knowing more people. But at the same time, you're strengthening your area. You're creating, you're maybe, you know, um, making a difference, but fixing, yeah, you know, uh, an issue or a problem or. So like think globally, act locally yeah, type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's, it's one of those things that um, it's bigger than yourself. Yes. You know, yeah. and it, I found that interesting when I was looking on the internet about different trends in volunteering, just to kind of prepare a little for today. Yeah. That so much of it was about how it benefits the volunteer. Interesting. And I think, but why do we volunteer? Right. You know, what, what is the impact our volunteering is having? Right. And so I think that's even a more important point is what is the impact you're making and the the reasons for it? Yeah. Well, we talked earlier in prepping for this about how, um, like, for example, all the radio drives, like public radio. So if you donate, you get this, uh, you know, this amount gets to a T-shirt or this one gets you a mug or whatever. And I always think, you know, why do you need the T-shirt? You know, like, can't you just donate for the sake of donating? Right. But so many organizations have sort of the benefit to the contributor so that they will contribute. Um, I don't know if that's a societal thing or like we sort of expect to get something in exchange for our efforts. Um, And there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, if you want to wear, frankly, from a marketing perspective, if you want to wear a public radio t-shirt, that might bring other people to donate. And so maybe it's, it keeps on giving in some way. So I, I mean, I don't judge it. I just, I feel like the why is important, you mm-hmm. know, that um, I don't know what drives every person to donate, I mean, for, or to donate their time. But for me, when I did the 40, 40th year project, it was like this reckoning that, um, oh, 40, that could be like midlife. You know, I mean, hopefully I'll live longer than 80, but but it's getting real. And I want to make sure that my time here matters and that I'm I'm making an impact. And so for me, it was sort of like, wow, I better wake up and make a difference if I'm not already. Right. Um, so for me, it wasn't like, what do I get out of it? It was like, I just want to make sure I'm, my life 
did did something, you right. know. But I think um, maybe that's the incentive that pulls people in, and then maybe it becomes about more once they get to know the people or the cause or whatever it is. Right. And even you know, we were talking about making connections and making connections, perhaps to get employment or to just somehow further you know what you're doing. I think about the different ways that I was volunteering with one organization that made a connection with another that helped that organization, and then another organization said, hey, can you come help this? And so while there were connections, it was connections that drove the mission or impacted the mission of the things I was working on. Right. So it actually was bettering yeah. the work we were doing by making more connections. Right. You know, and right. so that kind of ripple effect, I guess. Yeah. And so, yeah, even that kind of impact is... Yeah. Important. Well, you know, on this show, we talk about meaning and purpose. Um, and one of the things that I saw in my research was that, um, it's from Psychology Today, that um, by choosing work that you're not paid for, volunteers spend time on issues they're passionate about and connected to, which connects us with our sole purpose, and that all of us need to feel needed and like we matter. And so it made me start to wonder, um, do we think a lot of do you think a lot of people are lacking the sense of purpose that maybe they find it by volunteering? I think for sure. And yeah. <laughs> lacking it or not knowing what it is. Like sure. they know they have one. Right. Like for me, it was I know I have a purpose. I haven't discovered it yet. Right. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And this was a conversation <laughs> I was having with my husband. You know, I had I had gone to school, I had gotten the degrees, I had gotten the job, the yeah. job. Yeah. And then I left it. Yeah. And I knew that. I was better probably to be in the service sector. I need to do nonprofit. I need to do service. But at the time, I was raising little kids. Right. And I kept saying to my husband, where will I land? What will I be? And he said, you're doing it. Right. This, you know, you are a person of purpose. So whenever you're volunteering or helping or serving or raising a child, that's still a purpose. And I think, yeah, but there's still more. There's still Kirsten. And and so the more as I've gone through, yeah. the purpose has been more evident mm -hmm. that, you know, and now I'm working with you. Yeah. And so we're working with um, organizations and companies and nonprofits that have a mission yep. and a purpose that we're helping further to make a positive impact. Yeah. And so that still is all aligned and consistent. And I think, well, you know, I have skills to help move purposes along, to sure. help move missions along and be part of a team and work together for something positive in common with others. So, And maybe even volunteering can help to clarify that purpose for people. You know, if they're feeling like, what's the point, you know, the meaning of life and all the big questions, by simply doing and getting in the midst of things, it can become clear. Right. You know, so it could take you to your purpose or to clarify that for you. And um, I've been reading a lot of stories lately about how people made big jump, jumps or transitions from one mode of life to another, often work, but um, some of them are really different. And I think by just getting in and doing something, it leads you to the next something. Oh, for sure. And it's just your your path, you know? Well, and just like with this immigration organization, I hadn't sat and thought about the fact I was going to go and help in that area, you know, but it was kind of revealed and, and I was given the opportunity. And so I learned more about it and thought, hey, you know, this is really an issue. This is something that I want to be supporting. And I know so many people like that who just have a spark or a fire or something that they want to make a difference about. And many of them have been our podcast guests. Oh, yeah. You know, for sure. and I think about, um, 
like, for instance, Rayan Mustafa, who said, hey, there's too much food waste in my right. restaurant. And now she's got a whole sustainable business, you know, yeah. so much food's built out of that one thing that I want to make this change and this difference. Right. So, yeah. and she had said she never thought about starting her own business. Right. She just recognized a, a need. A need. Yeah. yeah. So um, do you have advice for people listening if they want to, um, like, hey, I haven't thought about this, or I didn't grow up with um, volunteering as part of my life? Like, you know, it could be overwhelming to just get started. You right. know, like, where where do you begin? I think that um, that's a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> and And one of the things might just be where where do your interests lie, first of all? Sure. I mean, I'm thinking about people with extra time beyond their work or beyond their, that they can have an hour or two. And um, so what interests you? Maybe what might you want to learn more about? What is an, uh, an issue going on in your community? Mm-hmm. Something that might be impacting, you know, or uh, and get involved with that. Go find a way to volunteer. For instance, um, in our community, we have a lot of new immigrants. Mm -hmm. And so an issue is welcoming and Uh community welcoming. And how do you help them navigate where they are? Yeah. So I went and volunteered, you know, in an ESL class, conversation class, just sat there and and talked to them and even just the talking and sharing cultures and the the kind of welcoming thing. It was one hour at the library. Uh So, you know, think about that. What kind of organizations maybe need a little extra help, don't have big, huge budgets, work with volunteers already and the great Google machine. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and you just mentioned the library. So maybe mm-hmm. your local library has like flyers up or the librarians would know. And there could be something that easy that you could just show up and and get involved. But I know companies, there are a lot of companies that will have volunteering as part of their company culture. Right. And that can just, that can even be part of work time for some. You know, years ago, one of my clients was Habitat for Humanity and they partner with a lot of companies that have whole days and weeks that they're going to help build houses. Right. And so it's built into the culture of the company. And so that is an easy way to start. And then you might find an organization that your company partners with that you really love and you can do your own thing outside of work as well. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And and there are lots of organizations that need lots of help. You know, I talk about the, the immigration legal services. I'm not a lawyer, but I can band together volunteers. And, you know, they don't have enough budget to have a full office staff. So they have people come in and do office work. So they're, and we need event planners and marketers and fund, you know, raisers and all of that kind of stuff that there are ways to volunteer depending on the kinds of skills or the interests that you have. There's somewhere that will use them for sure. And even if you think you might not have marketable skills for this kind of thing, you'd probably be surprised. Oh, yeah. You know, like everybody has their talents. And and even, you know, if you think I haven't done X for so many years, it doesn't matter. You're still doing things every day that really have value. Um, And you just had a legal clinic. So there's like lawyers could volunteer their time to help with that. Or, you know, like, so whatever your expertise is, there's a use for it. Right. And and I know some of that is, um, we were talking about comfort zone earlier. Yeah. And, you know, and being able to feel like you don't know what you're doing. And that happens when you, anytime you show up at a new place with people and it's it's a new experience. But you think about the different places where you can make an impact. And I'm thinking, you, you know, directly with the people you're serving. Yeah. So if you're working on a on a Habitat for Humanity and you're working with the homeowner or, you know, something like that, well, there are people who can make others feel welcome and, and that 
they really met, like you said, they, they, they matter. And yeah. we're doing this all together for, you know, a common reason. But then there are also other people who maybe that's not their strength or their strong point, And they're great in the office and they're helping move the, the organiza- organization along and yeah. doing the, the nuts and bolts things that need to be done just yeah. to have that you know, move forward. So, well, you said something about, you know, showing up where you might not know people um, that triggered a thought, you know, I'm obsessed with this idea that we're more alone than ever, even as we're more connected. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like so many of us need to have those, um, those opportunities to be face-to-face with people and have human connection. Mm -hmm. And so there's something that I discovered in my research. I don't know if you've heard about this, but um, it came from this Johns Hopkins sociologist in 1973. His name was Mark Granovetter, and he described this um, important role of weak ties. Weak ties was his phrase, and it was relationships that are outside of your close-knit social circle. And so that he was saying that these relationships are important because they give us access to new information and new opportunities. And so, um, and it was really interesting as I was reading more about it, he was saying that people in your network give you redundant information, stuff you already know, you guys already have common ground. Um, so you're sort of like repeating the cycle. And of course that's important and you have, you know, common connections and that kind of thing, but that, um, since they're participating in the same activities you are and you know all the same people, when you volunteer, you're creating new weak tie connections that lead you to career opportunities and new skills and um, new relationships. And so I thought that the concept of weak ties was really interesting. Have you met a lot of new people through your different volunteering endeavors? Oh, absolutely. And um, at least through the immigration clinic, we have community volunteers from all over and different walks of life, different, some are faith-based, some are not. And so, you know, there's always someone new and different coming in to volunteer and help. We have translators, that kind of thing. So, so for sure we have, we're always meeting new people, not to mention the clients that we serve. Sure. So you have weak ties kind of all over the place with your fellow volunteers who are, but that's, uniting because you're working together yeah. to do the same, you know, for a common goal. Yeah. And then you also have the weak ties with the people you're serving and those become stronger ties because you see them again and you've worked, you know, you know that you become friends and they realize that there's a connection that people do care about what happens to them and, right. you know, that kind of thing. Um, and I just, I, we talked about this earlier, but I'm thinking of one in particular because um, when I worked in my first job at the newspaper, part of it was that I had to sit on boards yeah. and communities um, and do community service and represent our newspaper uh-huh. for these organizations. And one of them was paint the paint the town. So okay. we would, the they would pick a a neighborhood in town that the homes needed help. They needed repair. They needed painting. And it was community paint works. And there were teams from all over. Different organizations came and everyone painted. Uh-huh. And um, at the time, I worked in the downstairs. Okay. And the reporters worked upstairs. Uh-huh. And they didn't always cross. Sure. You know, but um, we had to we had to t- get everybody together mm-hmm. to go and paint that house. And th- so through doing that was when I met my husband. Ooh, see? <laughs> so that weak tie of that reporter <laughs> upstairs who'd only been here about a month and oh getting him gosh. recruited to go paint a house. Uh-huh. And then, you know, he showed up. Actually, it was actually kind of honorable because he showed up on a work day. And wow. so he painted for four hours and then had to go cover stories. Oh. But anyway, um, 
Yeah, so that's one example, although not common. <laughs> so we can say that volunteering leads to love and romance. It can. <laughs> it can. I love that. That's so cool. Yeah. But, you know, and then I, I, there's a lot of, this is another thing, too, is defining your volunteering. So there's always the, the volunteering for charitable organizations where you're helping or you're changing a social injustice or you're, you're making some kind of impact, you know, to be the change in the world. Yeah. Opportunities arose to volunteer and give my time and energy because I had kids in the organization. Right. You know, and you sit and think, is that if the if this organization stopped, would somebody um, languish? Would somebody, would it impact somebody negatively? Yes. Yeah. Maybe not in a life or death way. Right. But at the same time, you're providing experiences, you're providing opportunities, you're providing a Perhaps in the arts, you know, it's a, a kind of culture or a kind of experience for the community. And so just to be able to help that organization continue. I think about that all the time because I have kids in orchestra and band and choir. And so whenever there's concerts, especially like at the end of the year, they always talk about the orchestra association or the um, whatever, the, the musical organization that is run by parents mm-hmm. and supports all of the musical endeavors in our school district. And they're always calling for parents to, to volunteer, to run for board positions and leadership positions. And every year I find myself saying... Uh, I'll do it. No, 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 I'm not going to do it because I I always do too much. But I think to myself, if I don't do it, is somebody going to step up? And my kids have been so enriched by being part of orchestra, band, choir, whatever it is. And so I really am grateful to those Mm -hmm. parents who do because they're fundraising, they're, 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 you know, getting uniforms for the kids and concert opportunities and solo ensemble and whatever it is. And um, it's subsidizing my kids' opportunities. Mm -hmm. So I think about that all the time. Like so many of us just tune it out like, oh, they're asking again. But it matters for the life of your community, even if it's a temporary interest of yours. You know, like once your kids are grown, you might not go back and volunteer. But I will tell you something, you know, I've been a volunteer soccer coach now for 10 years. And I started when my youngest son was four because you know, somebody needed to coach their team. So another mom and I started and they were, we're just like, just follow the ball just that way. You know, like, just don't look at the butterflies, you know? Um, and now as, as he's 13, it's much harder because I actually have to know the game mm-hmm. and I have to coach them on strategy and that kind of thing. Um, and it, it's much harder and he's get, he's going toward high school. So eventually, you know, I've told him this is my last year and then, you know, go out for the high school team. But it's occurred to me that I might go back when my kids are grown and volunteer for a four or five-year-old team mm-hmm. because um, it is so meaningful and they need it and it's a wonderful opportunity for kids. And I and just to be out there with the kids and help them have that experience, you know, you find your passion and where you can be of use. And maybe you do do it even when your kids are beyond that stage. Right. You know? Right. If it exactly. speaks to you, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So that's that's one of those things that, you know, I think about. Like maybe I'll go and rock babies. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I won't have that, any more of my babies, but oh, go to the hospital and rock babies. And <laughs> that just, would be so <laughs> great. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding? That'd be so phenomenal. Right. right. You know, especially like the preemies or whatever. Oh. See, we're coming up with all these new ideas. Different stage of life dictates different things, right? It does. It does. Different level of energy, different amount of time, different... Yeah. And it's interesting too, because when I did my 40th year project, I, I, you know, you normally think of volunteering for nonprofits um, or for 501c3s that like need your time. And um, 
And I did mostly that, but I also did some pro bono PR campaigns for like startups that I thought were based on a really important mission that were for profit, but I felt that they were really doing something good for the world Mm -hmm. and they just needed a a little boost to get going. And so like I would do one PR campaign and it's not something I could write off. It was just because it was the right thing to do and I could help somebody move ahead. And I feel like that notion is so important to, to get across because it's not just about like, you know, writing it off on your taxes or um, just looking for nonprofits, but there are lots of people and entities that need a little bit of help just to move along right. that could benefit from you. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. And one other point that I was thinking about, you had mentioned earlier, how do we... How do we teach the kids that this is something you do because it's the right thing to do? Yes. How do we say you do it not just for the, not just for a benefit or a reward? Right. And, you know, in its, in its essence, volunteering is you're doing it because you love what it is because you're not doing it for the paycheck. Right. Right. There's no real, (laughs) there's no real paycheck. So this is something you feel passionately or strongly about or that you know this, you can help fill this need. Right. Um, but one of the things we do, we have an organization called um, ba- oh, Blessings in a Backpack. Oh, yeah. Have you heard of that? Yeah, so it's a it. national organization, and they provide um, lunch foods on Friday to elementary schools, children in elementary schools. So we go over every week because every week they have to pack food into enough bins, you know, that, and then those go on to the schools and then they're passed out to the children who need them um, because so many kids don't get school lunch and breakfast is the only meal they may get that day. So, so it sends food home on the weekends? On the weekends. Okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. And how easy is it to take a can and put it in a bag? Yeah. It's incredibly easy. So we take kids any age. Yeah. You know, so they get started young. They come and they pack the food and we tell them, these are kids you go to school with. These are kids on your soccer team. Yeah. You know, how would you feel if you if you didn't have food? So this is how you're impacting and helping. Yes. And and when they can personalize it and think of it that way that yeah, this is helping someone just like me and right. I can do this and it yeah. takes an hour. You know. Well, and it's really important because um a lot of organizations you have to be 16 or 18 right. to volunteer. And so when there are those opportunities for younger children to just make it a part of their character, mm-hmm. you know, and um, like helping at a soup kitchen, you cannot do until you're an adult. Right. You can't be serving hot food when you're 12, right. you know, but, um, but you can help in other ways to feed people or to understand that value and that yep. you can contribute and, and help others to, to rise up as well. Right. Right. Yeah. That's so important. Yeah. So we have a bunch of stats that we haven't gotten through and I don't know if we really need to, but um, maybe I'll rattle off just a couple and then I know we have some resources if people want to sort of investigate and get into it. But um, so in terms of motivation, Psychology Today says that volunteers live longer and are healthier. So that's a good reason to do it. Um, And then um, according to what I have said about the whole social media loneliness type of thing, that... um, a 2010 AARP study revealed that loneliness was at an all-time high among Americans, which does not surprise me. And they said one in three adults age 45 or older feel lonely. And some of that comes from living online so much and not really being connected to other humans. And volunteering is one way to remedy that, Mm -hmm. which is definitely cool. Um, So, and then what else did we see that was really important here? Um, I think that if people want to get involved, there are more than... 
1.8 million nonprofits in the United States alone, which means there are lots of opportunities to find an organization. In, and like I said, even ones that are not nonprofit, there's so many resources, um, which could be overwhelming. And so maybe there's a few websites we can send people to. Yeah, absolutely. So there's volunteermatch.org. Um, there's a government site, serve, S-E-R-V-E dot gov. Um, there's another website, allforgood.org. And then another one that I found was idealist.org. Um, I don't know these organizations, these websites, so it's worth looking into and finding your own. Um, but frankly, I feel like the best way to start is right at home. So if you're overwhelmed, but you want to do something, who do you know who volunteers? And just asking people at work or your neighbors or family members, um, because it's a little more comfortable once you know somebody who's doing it and sort of dip your toe in the water. And then once you feel more comfortable, you can sort of expand out and, you know, go to the Google machine and find things, you know? So, so yeah, I think that the opportunities are endless. And if people want to add volunteering to their life, there's a lot of reasons to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess that's our conversation on volunteering, um, this new uh, New Year's resolution episode that we're doing. Any last thoughts that you wanted to offer people as they're listening or um, things to think about as they ponder their own volunteering? Um, I just had this thought had come into my head earlier today, which is volunteering can change your life. Yeah. Because we, as we've talked, it can reveal a new purpose. It can give direction. It can provide connections, not just the people that you volunteer with and meeting people, you know, in your own network, but the people that you serve and the community that you strengthen and grow through volunteering. Um, And it, it does. It leaves a legacy for the people, you know, the kids who come behind you, you could, sure. to model. Yeah. How, what what is the right thing to do? How to how to do the right thing? How to love your neighbor? Right. How to just make the world a better place while you're in it? Yeah. And for having been here, and how to use your powers for good. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so. I mean, and even if like if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, my kids are grown, I didn't do this, you know, shoot. Well, it's never too late because you might have grandchildren, you might have nieces and nephews, you might have neighborhood kids who. Um, you can mentor, um, you can set an example at any point in your life right? Um, and leave a new legacy. Right. So, um, and even as cool. we've read, the millennial age, they're looking to make social impact. Yes. And they are, they are um, having higher standards and expectations of employers and organizations and people around them. And so, yeah. you know, that's another kind of impetus or motivation for everybody to look at what that, they're doing. That was one of those great statistics that like while... Um, it's not a high percentage of millennials that might volunteer. The fact of social um, corporate responsibility mm-hmm. factors into their decisions to take jobs. Yep. So, you know, it's still in their psyche. It's still in their their character that, you know, as, as they're looking at different job opportunities, which one is going to benefit the world more and um, in, in meaningful ways. And I think that that gives us a lot of hope for the generations coming up because right. it shows that their priorities are in the right place. Right. Um, so, so that's great. Yeah. It's really hopeful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? Well, Kirsten Karub, thank you so much for being on the Make Meaning Podcast well, with me. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Make Meaning Podcast with Lynn Galadner. You can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'd love it if you would share our great conversations with your people so we can all add meaning wherever we go and whatever we do. 